You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You live. Oh, man. Finishing up our top 20, 20 people, top 10 wrestlers this week, top 10, ta- top five tag teams this week. Oh, it's it's going to be fun, man. We got a lot of people that we're cross-promoting, putting all over the place. Some people have a lot of similarities. Some people threw in some randoms that we're not understanding, but we're going to get into all that and more this week on... Professional wrestler and professional podcaster, Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlet Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to... And you're listening... And you're listening to... You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Bring it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening, you're watching, you're paying attention to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are your ring crew. Jess Smitty. Z. And me, the all-Mikey one, Mikey himself. Um, Last night was the Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill pay-per-view. We're going to go over that a little bit later in the week, uh, next week, to be, uh, to break it down when next week. That's I just lost my fucking train of thought as I was trying to speak. Uh, but this week, we are going to talk about a huge WWE announcement that happened yesterday during the impact hard to kill pay-per-view or just before. And then we're going to talk about our top five tag teams of 2020. And we are going to talk about our top 10 wrestlers overall in 2020. And when we say overall, we mean we're mixing it in men, women all together. As far as I'm concerned, if you're a fucking wrestler, you're, you should be in the top 10 and we've got a real good diverse group of people. Uh, going into that, that I'm really, really excited to talk about. Uh, I like all of our lists. They're fucking good. So let's kick off this first conversation about WWE WrestleMania. There was um, a major announcement regarding this. Everyone thought it was coming, right? There was a lot of talk because obviously during COVID-19, um, there's... It killed the 
the crowd wrestling business, right? Especially so in California, even LA County is, I think it just popped up as it's the first County in the United States to have over a million cases of COVID-19. It's just going nuts out there in California. And for that reason, WWE was worried about having WrestleMania there because one, they want WrestleMania to have some sort of a crowd this time, uh, especially after last time Two. Can they even have uh, an event there with, and even if they chose to do a crowd less one with all of the cases that are going on? So there was a lot of talk that WWE would be making a decision about this. And yesterday they finally did make the decision. As a matter of fact, they didn't just make the decision for this year, they made the decision for this year, next year, and 2023. Um, so let's go into it right now. They've now moved WrestleMania for this year to where it was supposed to be last year in Tampa Bay, Florida at uh, Raymond James Stadium. But they did make the announcement that it is once again a two-night thing. I think that's going to be different and cool because it's similar to probably how Wrestle Kingdom did it this year. You know, there's going to be a lot of spacing inside of Raymond James Stadium. But again, two nights. In 2022... April, oh yeah, the date is uh, for this year, uh, April 10th and April 11th. So 410 and 411. Um, then April 3rd, 2022, they're going to be at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, home of the shitty ass Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> and then in 2023, they will be in Los Angeles uh, at SoFi Stadium, uh, April 2nd, 2023. So this is a big deal. WWE going to a two-day thing, uh, two-day WrestleMania again this year, which we all talked about how good it was uh, last year, even watching without the crowd. We enjoyed how WrestleMania was a weekend event. And it's they're changing the date uh, to April 10th and April 11th, 2021. So, Smitty, we'll start off with you. Uh, let's just talk about this year first off. Moving to two days, changing the date, moving to two days, and going to Raymond James Stadium in Florida, how well-received do you think this is going to be as far as a crowd showing up? Because Florida has said that you can have full crowds. You have 100% full fucking crowds right now in any sporting event. No team has done it, but now there is the possibility of having a full crowd WrestleMania. Yeah, we are. Well, I don't know if anybody knows my opinion about Florida in general. I feel like this toilet bowl of America is the toilet bowl where the dick touches of America. Um, cool. This is just Vince being. This is Vince WWE being Vince WWE. They've been trying to get this crowd for forever, and I think there is going to be a crowd for WrestleMania this year. And pushing it back is to make sure. I think they're pushing it back to make sure uh, they can get Drew on the show. What? Why would? Why would that? What? I think pushing it back is like you say. Drew just got quarantined. Like he should be good by by Rumble, right? Uh, yeah, but why does that have anything to do with pushing back WrestleMania? I don't think they originally to push it back. What? They're so pushing it back. I don't know. Understand? Understand why they pushed it back from the original date? I said they had. There had to be something that they, there has to be some X factor we don't know about that. Yeah, maybe it. Raymond James Stadium wasn't available during the original time, or. 
pushing it back to now give them more time for a setup and a put together of the, how they want everything to look. Cause you got to remember WrestleMania, the design of the set and everything like that takes time. They usually they have a fucking year to figure this out right now. They've confirmed dates and everything. They probably had it confirmed a couple weeks ago, but waited to have everything else done. And so now they have to have a design team set up to get everything set up for how they want WrestleMania to look. Granted, it could kind of look like what they were going to do last year, but that doesn't mean that they're going to do that. You know, something is probably going to be different. There's probably some sort of figuring things out for a crowd standpoint, because I know you said WrestleMania is going to have a crowd. Well, a lot of things have a crowd this year. The question is, is it going to be a full crowd? What do you think, Z? Do you think we're going to have to see a full fucking Raymond James Stadium? I doubt if they it. have the chance? <clears throat> I I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the trigger and they were the first uh, company to fill the stadium since the, the limitations have been lifted. Um, but also just due for everybody's safety, I... I think there'll be a crowd. I just don't think it'll be full capacity. I'm thinking maybe 50, 60% capacity, have everybody spread out, use the entire stadium. Um, one of those things. And plus it's two nights. So you could do 50% capacity one night, 50% capacity the next night. And then, I mean, that's technically a hundred percent capacity for one day. Um, right. I'm just wondering if they're going to do uh, WrestleMania for two days going forward, like if this is the new normal. Well, it was announced uh, for 2022 and 2023 as well, and each of those are just single days. They, oh, okay. They're unannounced for a, a double day. My thought process on this is not so much will they try and fill the stadium, it's can they. You know, uh, there's uh, when there's people that are very hesitant right now to do a lot of things. Obviously, this vaccine is uh, being rolled out as slowly as fucking possible from the federal and state governments. I'm not trying to put this all on anyone or make it political. Everyone has a fucking hand in why this shit is not getting out to the people it should be. And therefore, it changes a lot of things. You know, there's but at the same time it is rolling out to an extent to where some people are feeling more safe. You know, um, all of the experts are talking about, we need to have like 75 to 80% of people vaccinated to start that type of herd uh, immunity that doesn't just randomly kill people. And it's going so slowly right now that I don't like the original talk was springtime people could should be vaccinated right by may something like that it should be going into just normal people who don't have any risks or anything like that so in hearing with that i think that might be part of why it was pushed back a couple weeks the, the design and everything like that but to get people there i know there are going to be people who want to go no matter what but if you start hearing WrestleMania is at 75% sold, uh, sold out rate, that might go have people stop and go, I don't know. Then, of course, there's the brand new fucking strain of COVID that just hit the United States. You know, that's even more contagious, which, which isn't more deadly, but could cause more hospital stuff. So it's there's just so many fucking factors to go into here. I don't think it's smart business 
or PR wise to have WWE go, you know what? Fuck it. Let's fill it up. Right. Because then there, if something happens, right. And it becomes one of these super spreader events that everyone's talking about. Cause even Raymond James stadium is open air. Okay. It's not an, a dome. It's, it's Florida. It's fucking open completely. There's no ceiling to remove. It is an open fucking stadium. You can see it today on the NFL playoffs or is Tampa Bay not at home? But that's what I'm saying. It, it's a, it's open air. It's not like, you know, the silver dome, <laughs> super dome. Uh, it's like, you know, that's enclosed. So obviously open air, it changed. That does change a lot of things. You can try and go 50% capacity and be kind of safe. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think it's a smart idea for WWE trying to go for hundred percent capacity. I think say we'll do 50% have it spaced, but the difference is in new Japan for wrestle kingdom this year, everyone was told they were not allowed to make an audible noise at all. You could stomp, you could clap. They gave you thunder sticks, but you were not allowed to make an audible noise at Wrestle Kingdom, or they were going to put you out because of the COVID-19 restrictions. Could you imagine if they were to, if the WrestleMania crowd was told that? If in America, WWE said, hey, you can come. Can't talk. Granted, they'll never say that. Okay, well, no, they'll never say that. But that would fucking make everyone shit the bed. Everyone flip the fuck out. I would, there would not be a, there would not be a single fucking good comment about that. But in Japan, they did it. Go ahead, Smitty. People don't wear condoms or masks. What makes you think they're going to listen to you saying you can't make a noise anywhere? Well, that's why in Japan they did it. Uh, and that's why in Japan they can do it, not here. So the next one is in uh, WrestleMania is going to be at t Stadium, Arlington, Texas, Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. Z, is Texas uh, the smart idea to go for the next one? Mm, I Well, what I'm assuming is that Texas was next in line after California this year. Mm-hmm. So they just rearranged some shit and did what they were going to do last year, this year. They moved Texas into its original spot, and then they'll just do the California one after the texas one so i mean it i i don't know if it's a good spot but i'm assuming there was a bidding process and they won the bid for wrestlemania so i mean whatever plus it does i mean if we're still dealing with this come that date and time at least they have like a retractable roof and can you know, have air come into the dome. So it, it's not a bad idea, but we also don't know what that's going to look like. Like we barely know what this one's going to look like. So, I mean, I guess only time will tell. Uh, Smitty, your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys, 18 home of, of AT&T stadium. Um, I think it's the right move to go for them to go to Texas for the next one. Uh, like was, you said, it's a retractable roof. You can do a lot more with that stadium. Texas is also a big wrestling state. The legendary sportatoriums out that way, so you get you have like a you already have a draw being in Texas already. It's not out that way. It is like that way. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, you jackass. Yeah, I know. I do. 
<laughs> and then the talk, they're coming back to uh, California in 2023 to actually happen at SoFi Stadium. Uh, I think that's I, – I agree with you guys. I, I think, it's, Z, that was probably the smartest uh, way of I've even thought of looking at it. They were probably going to do Texas next year anyway. So, boom, Texas. We're going to do it anyway. Retractable roof. We can't do California this year. Can we take the state, you know, two years away? Can we use your stadium for that? Because I don't even think, I'm not even sure if SoFi Stadium's fully built yet because of COVID. You know what I'm saying? All the restrictions and everything. It literally might not even be built. Uh, well, okay. So, from a construction standpoint, because that's what I do, um, it is. It, depending on the contract they had, some uh, if it was an M- an an MVA, then uh, they move forward through COVID anyway. This you know, mask up, stay six feet apart, put regulations in place. But that's like uh, when we were working over at a major car plant around here that was being built. It was under a certain federal contract, so we were able to you know work through the pandemic, and you know it was all per contract and whatnot. So. Who knows? I mean, maybe they did shut the whole thing down and maybe they went on, you know, doing what they do. No. Yeah. It was finished. The charge, the, the <laughs> chargers play there. So, oh, that makes, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm stupid. <laughs> I think probably your money's already, I think it's like the D's and the D I's are dotted and the T's are probably already crossing that contract. So they got to go there anyway, at some point to for, what, uh, for WrestleMania. Yeah, to avoid legal yeah, stuff. but at, at the same time, legal stuff, uh, you know, uh, if WWE was like, yeah, we can't because of fucking COVID, that's an extenuating circumstance. There's got to be something in any sort of contract that gets you out of that, right? Well, that's how they got out of uh, the original Tampa one. Yes. Now, granted, they want to do it there. But you couldn't right? come out of Saudi Arabia. L.A. is well, no. That's because that's the people fucking giving them. There's they. I mean, they could have. They chose not to. Right. Let's. I'm. We're not trying to make it seem like WWE is good for sitting in Saudi Arabia. But at the same time, whatever. It's it's them. They're choosing to do what they do. We've given them shit about it. We'll still give them shit about it. Um. But L.A. is a huge market. California is a huge market. So to not go and do LA when you planned on doing LA, that is a problem. So it makes sense for, Hey, two years away, things should be calmed down with the COVID-19. You're obviously dealing with it way worse than anybody else is. Uh, we'll give you two years to figure your shit out. Uh, probably added a little extenuating circumstance to those contracts. But like we can pull out way earlier if we don't feel it's going to be a safe thing this way, they're not fucking scrambling like they were this year. So Raymond James Stadium this year, Z's phone died, Arlington, Texas next year at the AT&T Stadium, and then in 2023, right back to SoFi uh, Stadium in California. WrestleMania, three years of WrestleMania. We know exactly what's going to happen. And again, unprecedented times is the first time that we've known where WrestleMania was going to be two years in advance uh, in January of the one year, right? Normally they announce it when they're, st- well, when they're starting the press week of everything uh, for WrestleMania, like, and hey, no, we're going to fucking have send fucking this year. Next year is going to be here. And then, you know, hope to figure out where it's going to be in two years. Both so, prediction, oh, go ahead. Do you have any, do you have any both predictions for uh, where 40, the landmark 40 is going to be? 
Um, New York. I'm thinking New York or here, maybe. Uh, I don't think here. I think um, tw- 10 and 20 were New York. 30 was New Orleans. Uh, maybe they'll just keep with the new thing and put it in New Jersey. No. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, man, that's that's a good call, Smitty, because they announced 37, 38, and 39. 40 is the, is the one following that. Yeah. Ah, it's man, a that's, a, that's a great fucking question. Um, yeah, I, I, I think to do 40, it makes all the sense in the world to put it in New York in some sort of uh, – who's building new arenas right now? I guess is real the really the real question. What football stadium is you know being built? I now if it does come to Michigan, right? I don't think it should be at Ford Field. I think they should put WrestleMania in around April and try and get the attendance record by putting it at Michigan Stadium. Because Michigan Stadium right now, without crowd on the grass on the field, is has a higher capacity than their record, which was at in Arlington at, uh, in Dallas. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Where the Dallas Cowboys play AT&T stadium. So I know it's, it's real fucking difficult with it being open and it being weather in Michigan, right? Like it's, but you want to fucking beat your record and you want to do it at a landmark fucking WrestleMania, Michigan stadium is the place to go because it can hold it. Right. And they'll still tout it as being in Detroit. Oh yeah, of course. You know, um, for sure. Maybe I, you know what? I don't know. They might say Ann Arbor. They're going to Just outside Detroit. of Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. But still, it would man. I want to look at this real quick. I want to see what Michigan Stadium. I know it's more, but I think it holds 110 with just the stands because I know they just added a section of like bleacher stands that upped it from like I want to say 100. I want to say it's like 110 with just people uh, in the stands. 107,601, but as hosted crowds in excess of 115,000. Oh, okay. So that was they, close. <laughs> they did. They uh, did a rent of eleven point four million renovation in twenty nineteen uh, to up it. So one hundred seven six hundred one uh, record. So that's like the landmark. That landmark fortieth is what I was thinking about when I was reading all of this. Like, yeah. where's the landmark fortieth going? Where do you think it's going? Side note, the uh, record for attendance is 101,763. So, yes, just in the stands, Michigan Stadium will blow that record out of the water. I do believe that will ever touch it again. I I do believe the landmark 40th probably will end up in New York, and we'll probably get 41 or 42. Yeah, I I can see that. But, man, if you want to fucking blow records out of the water, man. That's smart going Michigan Stadium. Z, where are so you actually, thinking? To be honest, 43 maybe will, may come to Michigan because three was here. Keeping the numbers. Yeah. 23, 23, 43. Hey, was get, it? Okay. So 10 was in New York. Wasn't 20 here? 20 no, was in 20, New York. 20 was in New York too. So 20, 23 was here. 
23 was here. Yep, we, we've okay. got it every 20 years. Okay. So, yeah, so we get 43. Uh, <laughs> okay with that. That's what I just said. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, it's WrestleMania 40, so, I mean, I – I guess it depends how these next three years go and what happens with as far as like future crowds are concerned. Because, you know, maybe it becomes a thing where, you know, let's say, okay, Michigan Stadium holds 107,000, what, 610, you said? But so, you know, going forward, if COVID keeps mutating and we keep getting different strands and, you know, we have to get like a, a flu shot or something every year. Then uh, I think your capacities for crowd changes. Yes, I think I think the whole standard changes. So, I mean, I, I would like to see it here. I guess the the smart play. I guess the smart play at this point is to book a show, a big show like that, in and and uh, open concept stadium, or at least one that has the option to be right. open if need be. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have no idea what it's going to look like in three years. So I, I would just like for there to be a WrestleMania for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Let's get into our lists. Top five, top five tag teams. Give me five, uh, five, five, five. Smitty, we'll start with you. Read your top five tag teams from number five to number one. At number five, I have. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, number four. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just finally call him Hangman Page? Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure oh, did. my God. <laughs> God, the, the noose is loose. <laughs> and now I regret it. I regret it so much already. It's If the noose is loose, it's not a good noose. <laughs> All right. Well, well, so number five, as per Smitty, Omega and Hangman Page. I'm already feeling uncomfortable saying that now. <laughs> I'm never doing it again. <laughs> uh, number four, I have the golden role models of Bailey and Sasha Banks. Number three, I have the Straight Profits. Number two, I have FTR. Number one, I have the North. All right. Z, yours from five to one. All right. Uh, mine are as follows. Hold on, gotta scroll back down. That's fine. Okay. I have at five FTR, at four the North, at three the Street Profits, at two the Role Models, and at one the New Day. All right. Uh, Walt has at number five the New Day, Undisputed Era at number four, Kabuki Warriors at number three, the North at number two, and Street Profits at number one. Nick, who is currently sick with COVID nineteen and dealing with it roughly, we hope you feel better, sir. We have our own sick Nick, right? Yep, he literally is Co Nick nineteen. Uh, Nick has number five for the New Day, Young Bucks at number four, Street Profits at number three, FTR at number two, and Hangman Page per Smitty's request and Kenny Omega at number one. I have FTR at number five, new day at number four page and Omega at number three street profits at number two and the North at number one Z. Uh, everyone has the new day. Uh, almost everyone has the new day. Uh, Smitty is the only one who does not. 
why but everyone else has new day like four or five you put them at number one why do you feel new day was the number one tag team of 2020 oh well first of all they hold they held four different title belts um secondly i mean i'm pretty sure they were your champions for a bulk part of the year if not you know close to the entire year um and when they weren't holding championships they were helping build other stars in the tag division so i think they get a nod above everybody else just for their position in the company whether they're holding gold or not and they see they seem to be the staple of that division they they actually seem to be the benchmark and if you want you if you've held tag team gold in 2020 chances are you went through the new day to get there so uh that's why they're my number one tag team all right uh smitty you don't have new day on your list at all Um, but you got hangman right but uh two of the two, two you do have though the golden role models why do you think the golden role models deserve to be in the top five over the new day uh, the Golden Role Models held one of the best stories throughout all the years throughout WWE in general. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they were the only team that you really, even though the I felt like the women's tag team titles don't mean jack and shit in WWE. Only time I really cared about them this year when they were on Sasha and Bailey. They're the only team that I felt like brought some legitimacy to those titles. Okay. So why better than the New Day? If you, I will agree with Z, they had four different ty- they four different championships. They won the SmackDown ones three times. <laughs> they were given the Raw ones, but it was still you know they were they were Raw tag team champions. They've held four different tag titles all year. Um, they did not have uh, the most commu- cumulative days of tag team championships in WWE, but they were up there. Uh, so why would would you put? golden role models over the new day when golden role models only held their belts for like 80 days. Uh, just they, the golden role models. So they <laughs> stood out a little bit more than the new day to me this year. Okay. More of the Xavier Woods being injured. them not really going, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And like the new day was just kind of riddled with just bad luck this year throughout the year. All right. Understandable. Um, but your number one tag team is on three of our lists. Uh, myself, you and Walt. Walt has them at number two. You and I have them at number one. Why do you feel the North is the number one tag team over everybody else? Uh, Lazy Title Reign, they were the most solid team throughout almost any wrestling, throughout any wrestling promotion throughout the year. Um, they all like I can't think about a North match I really did not like whether it was the the random team in the Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock the match the match with the Rascals it, they just had an amazing year and all the matches that they had were pretty much uh, were, were something I just couldn't take my eyes off of and I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling too, and right. they are like the epitome of a tag team so I agree with them being uh, up there and look, they started 2020 with in the middle of the longest ever reigning impact tag team championship, right? They lost the belts the day after slam anniversary or the, the fucking not the day after, but the next uh, 
impact uh, on Axis after Slammiversary to the Motor City machine guns, right? Then they got the belts back and they held them for, I want to say, another 60-some days or something like that. But still, two reigns in the year. um, And even though they did not, you know, they weren't consecutive and they didn't just hold it all the way. Because I have Street Profits at my number two. And the reason the Street Profits are my number two is – They've held ta- that tag team championship from fucking February to the end of the fucking year. They just were the fucking tag division in, uh, on Raw and then went over to SmackDown and everything like that. So I think about that. Why had they made three on my list? Uh, street thought- street Profits. Well, let me finish my thoughts. Sir. Okay. Uh, street Profits. Um, the only reason I did not put them at number one is because I honestly don't believe they were planned to be the tag champions that long. Like eventually they wanted to pull them off of them, but that injury to Angel Garza, the shoot injury to Angel Garza in that tag match kind of threw that out of the fucking window. Like, okay, we have to just put it right back on the street profits. Like everyone even said it, it was, it did not look like it was supposed to go like that. So the North have been put in their position consistently. It didn't, they didn't, just happened to fall into it. I will say that I believe the Street Profits fell into com- still holding those tag titles because of the injury. I'm not saying they would not have gotten them back, but the fact that they only held it consecutively so long because an in- I believe an injury in the middle of a match is the only reason I felt they were just under number one to the North. Z, you got something to say? Well, doesn't that speak to the talent of the Street Profits that they had the confidence in them to know, okay, well, this didn't work out. Instead of coming up with a plan B of a different team and a different, like, we'll use the same storyline just with a different team and move forward with it, like WWE does quite a bit, they're just like, you know what? These guys are pretty good. They're entertaining. They, you know, people like them. We'll just leave it on them for the next six months. And then we'll just go along with what we were going to do six months down the road. You know, um, so I think that speaks volumes to not only their talent, but they're they're an extremely entertaining team. Mm -hmm. Like part of the reason I think they held the belts for as long as they did is because even if they weren't, uh wrestling if they weren't doing any in-ring action they had the mic Mm -hmm. every every monday every friday whatever show they were on they had at least a 10 minute segment and if the segment wasn't them wrestling it was them talking and i fully believe that they uh i some people might say that's you know shoving them down our throats as wwe does yeah. But I loved every second of it. I think they're a very entertaining tag team. So to have them go on that lengthy run, whether or not it was planned or unplanned, just you know, speaks volumes to the confidence the company has in that particular team. Now, my only thing about that is I understand that you know WWE has the, well, we fucked up here. Let's just do the same thing here. They don't really have anyone to do the same thing with in the tag division there. That so was my like, It may not have been an option. Right, they're like, okay, let's let's see if we could run with these guys for another month until we could take. Aren't them they off. doing? Aren't they doing that right now with Rude and Ziggler? Yeah, but that's now with Rude and Ziggler, whose Rude is finally back in. Like they they took it off the they took the belts off of them now, and are doing something dumb with that, right? But it and what I'm saying is, I don't think they could have done that 
right away because again, when it happened, it was like three or four months ago, travel was still fucking banned from Canada and stuff. So it's not like rude could be there, but at the same time, they may have said, let's do it next month then. And then because the tree profits are so good chose not to, and thought it was better to do something with the sw- the swapping of the draft and do a new, you know, have some sort of interaction with the street profits in the new day at survivor series, rather than taking the belts off of them. Again, I'm not, saying anything bad about their run i get their number two for me right but there was a plan to take the belts off of them and the only reason they the reason that they have the elongated run that they have is because of an injury in the middle of a match and again that's the only reason i put them under the north because i still think that uh the street profits are a, as big of a draw as any tag team has been in the WWE in a long time. And it goes a long it ain't way. Usos. It's, it, it goes a long way uh, if, with Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins and, and their charisma, their character factor, the way they go at, about it, their fashion sense, the way they, they just make everything in that ring also look so effortless. They're a very, very good tag team. Smitty, stop shaking your titties. And they're having all the fun and you can see it. Z, that's fine. Titsies. <laughs> Smitties. <laughs> Your name is a titty. <laughs> Smitty's titties. Um, better that's, that's, it comes right with Smitty's meats. Just used to go. Smitty's meats. <laughs> <laughs> 2019 with Smitty's meats. 2020, 2021. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll get Use the promo code Nick, um, Nick, we need you. Yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch. That motherfucker got to be all sick and shit. Um, okay, so then everything switches. Z and I, is, Smitty, you have FTR at number two. I didn't even want to put them in my fucking top five. Uh, Z put them at his number five. Why do you think FTR was the second best over Street Profits? As much praise as we just gave the Street Profits, you still have FTR over them. They were one of the most talked about tag teams throughout the year. And they had, I think they had a decent run with those titles and they had really good matches. And the way AEW highlights tag teams and tag team wrestling, they kind they they edged over the Street Profits. And they, they did it in a stronger division. That's why I think Street Profits are better. Because they were in a company that doesn't highlight tag teams. And they were still as popular and still ran more time with that. Anybody can be popular when you're featured, for when you know you're going to be featured. But when you don't know, when you're trying to stay featured, that's why the New Day was so amazing. That's why all the stuff with the Usos was so amazing. It's a company that does not push tag teams unless they have to. And the Street Profits made WWE have to push them. And they did, and they all started that with nothing but fucking promos while they were still in NXT. And all they did was come up and talk about stuff. So I understand what you're saying. We can agree to disagree. I'm not saying you're wrong for putting number two. I'm saying I think it's more impressive what the Street Profits did than what FTR did. So, I have well, like number five because they're pieces of shit human beings. Is it my thing? <laughs> I, so I put the Street Profits at my number three because I felt like their reign, even though they had a great, I feel like they had a, they had great matches, but I feel like the competition once again it's a weak division. It's like Kevin Nash's WWF title run. It's like yes, it was an impressive run, but how many like like who do you really go against? Right. Okay, Sean, Sid, Taker. 
You want me to keep going? <laughs> and, how, and, how many, and how many of those matches? How many of those matches? Like, the only match, people, a lot of matches people talk about in Kevin Nash's reign are the bad ones. Yeah. Kevin Nash is sucky as a wrestler. Oh, I mean, the only good matches he had were with Brett and Sean, but you asked who he faced. And I mean, I could list, I'm pretty sure Vader was in there at one point. That was, I mean, I'm not saying it was a good match. I mean, it's the 90s. I don't even really remember if it was a good match. But also, he was seven foot tall. People liked him, and Vince was in love with him. So he held the belt for fucking 360 years. Yeah, right. That's how it goes, man. Um, you both have golden role models on yours. No one else does. Uh, Z, you got him at number two. Smitty, you have him at number four. Z, why do you feel golden role models were in the number two? Um, because I, okay, so this year is the first year where I feel like they have actually put some emphasis on the women's titles. And I think giving them to Bailey and Sasha and the story they told and and yeah, it all led up to Sasha beating Bailey for the SmackDown women's title. But, uh, I think, what did you say? They only held them for 80 days. Yeah. Like 80 some days like that. All right. See, for me, it felt like longer uh, when you originally said that. I was like, no, they've held them longer. I mean, this has been the longest year of all of our lives. So 80 days felt like 160 days. Um, But I think uh, that, okay, 85 days, but I feel like they did more notable things for the titles than you know say the kabuki warriors did like the kabuki warriors held them for longer and they were a much more polished team but they didn't do anything for the titles like and in in my opinion i agree um, i think putting them on sasha and bailey and giving sasha and bailey the run they were probably supposed to have before Sasha up and left the company just to make a point or however that all played out. Um, so yeah, I, I, my, my list is more based on who did what for said title or the position they were in, not necessarily based on how long titles were held or, you know, anything like that. Like the, mm-hmm. these are my personal ones. Like they, I personally think yeah. that they, did good for that division. They built it up. Um, I think WWE dropped the ball with Sasha or Cor- Sharon Corbin and Nia Jax, you know, <laughs> having the titles. I don't think they did very well with them. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're number two just for the, you know, basically saving that women's tag division for a little bit. Fair, fair. Um, Smitty, you hate to give any props to Hangman Page because you because of his name. You barely only say his name once every twenty twenty one. Um, but <laughs> you have them at your number five. Why are they your number five when they held the titles longer in a tag division that you say is really difficult? They've had better matches than in the tag division that you say is really difficult. As a matter of fact, a lot of people have them as their match of the year. Uh, they actually are mine as well. Yeah, against the Young Bucks at AEW's Revolution. So all of the things that you have stated for why FTR is your number two actually apply to an even greater extent to your number five tag team. So why do you have them at number five? Because uh, the the way they put Omega and Page together, and I think like 
they had a good run, but I like so when it comes to tag team wrestling, I, I guess sometimes like you put two guys together and they got the chemistry and it works. I'm a fa- I'm a fan of actual teams, and that's like why guys like the North and FTR at, like the, and the Street Profits are at the top of my list. Okay. Yes, they were both members of the elite, but they really never really tagged together until AEW. Can I can I ask you yeah. a question? Shoot okay. it. See. So Hangman and Kenny tagging together has <clears throat> kind of led us to exactly what's going on in the AEW Impact universe right now. Like this is they uh, they held the titles and not only you know aforementioned we talked about how long they held the titles for the good matches they put on but also the storyline that they told well, that was- throughout, throughout their championship run which then led to one of the most talked about things in wrestling um at the end of the year when you know Kenny won the actual world title after defeating his tag team partner to get to that championship match and then wins it and goes to impact and one of the most talked about things at the end of the year last year. So I guess with all of that, I, I don't understand why they're not higher on your list. Just, I'm just using your logic here and it, it doesn't really make sense. And I literally wanted to put to go to role models at number five and then Megan page at number four. And why didn't but- you? Because he was tired. <laughs> I actually was, but <laughs> <laughs> what an excuse! Everyone posting their fucking pics at two a.m. Smitty, but I was tired when I did it. That's why mine fucked up. Well, mine came in like an hour after that because I was still kind of going through it. Yeah, I just and threw mine together, and when I'm asked questions, I'll just make up some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Solid was, there. I still have my handwritten one right here from last night. All right, so is it is it different than the one you sent? No, only thing is that I forgot to put Adam Cole on there when I typed it for my top ten. Um, so here's the thing, though, only one team is on everybody's list. Only one team, and that's the Street Profits. So technically, by default, Street Profits. Our number our one, number one, twenty twenty tag team, which is fine because they're great. They deserve to be up there. But when everybody has them on their list, like there's a couple on the top ten. Obviously, it's a top ten. Um, so there's more ability to be on everyone's list. But in a top five, when you hit everyone's list. You got to give it up to them. Street Profits have done amazing things uh, in the tag team division in WWE, which is a feat unto itself. But they've done it at a very high level every time. So much respect to them. Uh, Let's move into our top 10. And our top 10s have a lot of the similar people. uh, Very top few are actually the same as well. So that's what's awesome about this. Uh, Z, start with your top 10 list. Uh, number 10 all the way to number one, please, and thank you. All right. So coming in at number 10, we got Alexa Bliss, followed by Keith Lee at nine, Kenny at eight, Sasha at seven, 
Finn at six, Randy at five, Io Shirai at four, Bailey at three, Mox at two, Drew at one. Smitty, same, 10 to one. Uh, 10, I had Eddie Edwards. Nine, I had Adam Cole. Eight, Sasha Banks. Seven, Keith Lee. Six, Io Shirai. Five, Bailey. Four, Tetsuya Naito. Three, Drew McIntyre. Two, Kenny Omega. One, John Moxley. All right. <clears throat> Walt had Roman Reigns at number 10, The Fiend at number nine, Sasha Banks at eight, Keith Lee at seven, Finn Balor at six, Io Shirai at five. Four, he had Randy Orton, Asuka at number three, number two, he had Bailey, and number one, Drew McIntyre. <clears throat> Nick had Orange Cassidy at number 10, Io Shirai at number nine, Thunder Rosa at number eight, Hikari H- H- Shida, Hikaru. Hikaru Shida at number seven, Adam Cole at number six, Keith Lee at number five, John Moxley at number four, Roman Reigns at number three, Kenny Omega at number two, and Drew McIntyre at number one. I had Finn Balor at number 10. Number nine was Io Shirai, Kenny Omega number eight, Roman Reigns at number seven, Sasha Banks at number six, Asuka at number five, Tetsuya Naito at number four, Moxley at number three, Drew McIntyre at number one, I mean, number two, and at number one, Bailey. So three out of the five of us have Drew McIntyre at number one. I have him at number two. Smitty, you have him at number three under Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Um, The Omega one surprises me for both you and Nick. Um, why is Kenny so high on your list? You guys brought up like the, throughout the year, Kenny Omega storyline and everything that's led to what's happening now. Cause Omega wasn't originally my number two. When we start first start doing these lists. Once then I start moving back at everything Kenny's done throughout 2020 through the tag division, his story with page and now everything that's happening now afterwards. After 2020 has ended, and the way 2020 ended, yeah, but it, the stuff that happened in 2021 doesn't affect 2020. That's it. And the way, also the way 2020 ended, like he left the wrestling world of 2020 on that cliffhanger, pretty much. Okay. Oh, what's happening next? <laughs> so Smitty Smith list is more of a <laughs> "What have you done for me lately?" kind of top ten. Got it. So, <coughs> oh, throughout the year in general. Okay, so before the championship run, before every getting into the championship, um, what was he doing before that that was so impressive to you outside of the one match that uh, they had to consider the match of the year uh, for 2020? This is like the story he had going with Adam Page with the titles. Okay. Um, and you think that was all better than what Drew McIntyre did from January on to December? Because you have Drew McIntyre at your number three. So obviously you mu- that must be your – that's why I'm confused. I'll be very honest. I have Drew McIntyre at my number two. I have Omega at eight. I thought Omega was fine in the tag division. I thought, okay, he was really good in the tag division. But his explosion of draw to storylines to bring in impact wrestling – didn't happen until the end of the year when he was, if, if he was so great, he wasn't still, wasn't the draw in AEW. 
right? You still had Moxley up there running with the title. You had Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee as at, with that one match was was a huge draw. Dog collar. Inner circle, MJF. You know, these were all uh, – granted – what he did at the end of the year was explosive to the point where that's why he's on my top 10 list above anyone else in AEW who are doing things, you know? Um, but it wasn't much. And th- again, man, I'm not trying to say you're wrong, even though you're wearing a really nice shirt that says you're the one with inaccuracies. I'm going by your judgment and everything that you're saying. So Drew McIntyre won the Royal Rumble eliminated Brock Lesnar, got the second biggest pop only to Edge returning. If Edge wouldn't have returned, that removal of that elimination of Brock Lesnar would have been the pop of the year. Um, he ran with the title, had a long-standing feud, won, at Wrestle, won the title at WrestleMania, beat Randy Orton for, to get the title back, and has just been on overall the run of a champion, like a legendary championship run, a legendary main event run. Drew McIntyre. The only reason I have him at number two uh, is because Bailey is the one that, with all of the Sasha Banks stuff, just like you said, everything about Bailey in 2020 was more. Uh, it, it drew more. There were more people paying attention to Bailey and Sasha and all of that stuff than they were to Drew McIntyre. Again, like we're talking percentage points for me, but when you're running a division, when Things are, uh, you know, when there's no crowd and Bailey is just finding ways to yell at the announcers who she can hear talking, like even more so after listening to that fucking Stone Cold podcast. They're like, how did that start? She goes, I could hear him talking and there's no crowd. So eventually, just to play into it, to make myself happy, I said, shut up, Michael. And then it stuck, right? Because it was just that good. That's why I have Bailey at my number one is because everything she's done this in, in 2020 w- was the top draw until Roman, right? But Roman is back half of the year, and that was still when you go to Hell in a Cell, Bailey Sasha, right? The fucking Hell in a Cell with uh, at Roman was great, but Bailey Sasha. Essentially, it was my second favorite. That was my second favorite women's match of the year, right? So you're you we're looking at all this stuff, and I I personally just feel Bailey was your number one. Uh, for the year, Drew McIntyre a close second. Z, you got McIntyre at number one. Why did you put the man all the way up there? Uh, I put Drew at number one because he, I mean, for starters, he carried he carried the biggest wrestling company in the entire world on his back during a pandemic and having to book on the fly. He had to deal with fifty fifty bookings. Some. Uh, uh, some bullshit at times, but he did it all with a smile and he carried that championship with pride. And even with COVID, even with no fans, even with all the adjustments they've had to make, they even tried to take it off of Drew and they could only do it for three weeks. Now, whether that was because they got word that Edge wouldn't be back to have a Randy Orton versus Edge championship match. Or if it was, you know, hey, we put this on Randy, but that was a mistake. So we're just going to throw it back on Drew. Um, Whatever the case may be, he's had two championship reigns in this year, in this past year. He's the guy that they picked to carry their company and be the face of their company going forward. Um, To me, and I mean, and quite frankly, I just like the guy. Like he's, I don't normally 
like baby faces at first. I mean, obviously, like The Rock was a heel, grew to be the baby face, so it is what it is. Um, but Drew as a heel, it was believable and sadistic, and it, it drew you in. But Drew as a baby face, I mean, he's like the only person that they've turned baby face and gave the championship to that I haven't gotten bored with yet. Yeah, uh, I got bored. I got bored. What's that? I was like, he made my top three. So he was—he's one of the only two highlights overall. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, him and then Alexa and Randy, and from there, I, yeah, I mean, this is our our highlight. Overall. Well, so uh, we'll do we'll do that during the honorable mentions, I guess. <laughs> uh, I agree, man. Uh, Bailey has. Uh, held a belt for 291 days in 2020. 85 of that was as the double champion. Uh, she, you know, golden role models. Drew McIntyre, 246 days in 2020, he held the WWE championship. Dude ran with a 37-5 and five record. You know, uh, people talk about how they don't let anyone, the reason that everyone hated Roman is because he just kept winning all the time. And it's like, Drew McIntyre won 37 fucking matches this year and lost five. One of them what, that he won was the Royal Rumble. So it, it's like Drew is the, one of their golden childs as well. The guy looks – he has the look. He has the physique. He has the in-ring skill. He has the mic, uh, the mic abilities. And I don't hear people pissing and moaning that Drew McIntyre is the WWE champion and being forced down somebody's throat. You know, it's – you're, you're picking and choosing here. The, I think the problem with Roman is Roman was being picked when everyone wanted Daniel Bryan and people are okay with Drew doing it because they're someone that they want. And that's my problem with a lot of the fucking problems with Roman Reigns that people have is it's not that he's bad. He's not as he's proving it 100% right fucking now. Roman Reigns since SummerSlam has ran WWE as a heel. He has, in what many people believe, top two, two of the top five matches in of 2020, we have put with Roman Reigns on our top on our top five lists, right? He's not having he doesn't have bad matches, right? Roman Reigns is good. Roman Reigns is just not whose people wanted at one time. So people shit all over him for the entirety of his career until now because now they want roman heel they got roman heel right do what i want that's what makes it better no just pay attention to what it is and you'll see it for how good it can be and eventually that's why roman is in i believe everyone's top 10 no no he's not in smitty's Rome. wow surprise 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 roman reigns doesn't make smitty's top 10 he did when i had the, the men and women Okay, so why isn't he in so your, your top, top 20? 20? <laughs> yeah, he's your top 20. Yeah, he is. That's a, I actually admitted that I do like this current reign or this current run of Roman Reigns at this point. I do. I like this universal title run. Um, I feel like they've learned from the mistakes of try, when they were trying to like here, here, take this, take this, take this. They took all of that and they and, and they um they took all of it and they put it into a character that people don't mind looking at watching on television. He's 23. He has 23 wins and two losses in 2020. He is still on a fucking roll, just like he always has been when he's been featured on WWE television. And 
it's okay now because it's a character that is a heel. There's no, no, it's a character that's <clears throat> believable that nobody else can touch. Like Roman's character right now is kind of saying exactly what WW was saying when they were pushing him as a face, just in a dick way. And it works though. It, 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 I don't know. I like Dwayne. No, I, I, but I mean, I, I think it works better for Roman than it did with Dwayne. Um, not saying that Roman's ever going to be at that level because WWE will never let that happen again. But he, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I guess I'm buying into it, but I didn't think I would just because he turned heel. Like not only is he heel, but he's with Heyman and it's, it's almost like the perfect storm all coming together. And he's, it, it's almost like uh, a makeshift family slash biker gang where he's basically, he's basically your, your Friday night father or your Monday night Messiah. So to say, I, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and he's, he's just beating respect into his disciples instead of making them, you know, worship him. He's just making them fear him. Right. So they follow him and I, it's a good storyline. So, I mean, it's kind of a perfect story. It's starting to get stale a little bit already at this point though. Uh, yeah. But every time it gets stale, it, they, they, I think they're starting to realize it's getting stale and they, they peel it back a little bit and the whole plot twist with, I mean, I mean, now we're getting into 2021, but the whole plot twist with the Friday and what they're doing with the storyline of Roman, it's just great all around. Adam Pierce and, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, again, my thing about this is it's not so much that there are things that have changed. Roman style in the ring is different. Right, it's a much more slow, methodical pace, um, and I'm okay with that. But the my my thought process on this, and the reason I'm bringing it up, is because people bitch so much that Roman Reigns was being pushed down their throats, and yet nothing outside of the way they're pushing him, the how he's winning overall, title runs, all of that is the exact same thing. But now people are okay with it because it's they got what they want. And it's like, if you're not going to pay attention when it's good before, how are you all of a sudden okay with it now? Because it's the same thing. You do realize that wrestling, for the most part, is fan service, right? Right. But Mikey hit on something there. I I think a lot of – I think the biggest difference is his in-ring style. I think that slow, methodical pace – it, it, it's tailor made for the character, so it makes him more believable. When he was an uber babyface and he wrestled at, you know, a faster pace and tried more shit, he would essentially fuck more shit up. So people would say that he couldn't really wrestle. When actually, at a slower pace, he's proven that he's pre- he's really fucking good. So I I think um, with the the difference in in style and match speed, I mean that could be the key difference is why you hate them one way, but like them another, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But again, we'll see the presentation of the character tr- as well. You're trying to say that wrestling is fan service and yeah, it is to an extent, but the fans turned against him because they wanted Daniel Bryan. And then Daniel Bryan wasn't an option because Daniel Bryan decided was just brittle. Okay. And so because he was brittle, 
they went fully with Roman Reigns because let's it's not like they didn't put this they didn't go okay let's back off of not pushing Daniel Bryan and give him the belt at WrestleMania 30 and then he got injured and then they gave him the Intercontinental title at the next WrestleMania and then he went away forever ish for years because of the you know the concussion right so Roman in the, that entire time has been good right it's not like he sucked it's it's not like he was uh having horrible fucking matches it's he was there he was good but because people jumped on that it was i really honestly fucking believe that royal rumble that roman won that everyone wanted daniel bryan to win fucked roman reigns forever and made all these excuses out of people who now these people are the same people who hated him before but fucking love him now. And it, that's, and that's my point. Is, it, is Smitty below me? I, well, no, know, no, but if he was, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say I loved him. I said, I actually, I like the new pack, the new, uh, the reinvention of the character. I never said, yeah. I you was are, you love are the exact person that Mikey was just talking about. So <laughs> then the question begs Smitty, why is he not on your top 10? Why do you feel people like Eddie Edwards, Adam Cole, uh, Keith Lee are better than him? So everybody on my top 10 list have pretty much competed throughout all the calendar year. Okay. Roman's time off was one of the factors why he didn't make my top 10. And I respect him for the, to why he took the time okay. off. I understand. I, I, okay. I can't even I, – I can't argue that if that's your reasoning. That, I can't argue that because, yes, it makes sense. He took time off, high risk, cancer, never know, COVID, I'm a chill. I'm going to be – plus, he had twins on the way, right? It's not like – Yeah, he, but he only took three months off. It's not like – so he wrestled 75% of the year. Uh, no, he took – he, he, no, he, didn't, he didn't take time off till Mania. Right. right before Mania. So March, April, May, June, July, August was – uh, SummerSlam when he returned. Oh, I okay. Yeah, he took about half the year off. Um, and again, like like you said, Smitty, if that's if that's your reason why I didn't make your top ten, I can't even argue that because yes, every other person uh, wrestled the calendar year. But then my argument becomes: How is what Eddie Edwards has done over the calendar year of his wrestling it better than what Roman has done in not the calendar year? Okay, so January last year. Like I mentioned this last week, one of my favorite matches was Eddie Edwards versus Mike Elgin at Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, he continued a feud that's pretty much been going on since 2018 with Sammy Callahan, which they kind of wrapped up yesterday. Uh, also, his open ti- his open challenge with the world title, with th- that work he did with there, he had great matches with guys like Eddie Edwards. I mean, I, uh, Eddie Edwards had good <laughs> matches with. Yeah, I just pulled the. Well, you see somebody else no, that was week. Page. That was Ethan Page that uh, had a match with himself. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he had a great match with Trey, like Trey Miguel. He had a great match Funny with Trey idiot. Miguel, Moose, Eric Young. So he's he's had all of those great matches with one his open challenge with the world title, and also putting the title on him was kind of an impromptu thing from time version, from what I understand. And he, the way he just ran with and kept that company, like he kind of carried that company. He was like the guy that carried that company on his back for the most part throughout the year. Okay, so my next question comes to you as well. You are the only, no, you're not the only, but you, wow. Sorry, 
You have Bailey at number five. Why is she? She's your number one woman. Okay. Uh, Io Shirai follows her. Sasha Banks follows her. Uh, but you have Bailey at number five. You feel Bailey, uh, who wrestled the entire year, who had championships, uh, very long time. Uh, you, ju- you just said it yourself. Their tag team, uh, the Golden Role Models, are one of the bright spots in WWE. Why is Bailey only at number five? Why isn't to you? Is she not even better than Naito? Because you have Moxley, Omega, McIntyre, Naito, Bailey. Why does Bailey fall under all those the other four? Uh, I love women's wrestling. And I didn't know where. I, well, I she had a, like she. I had to put her in my top five at least. So she's and, a pity uh, five at that. Her transformation is one of the things. One of the was one of the greatest things over the last two years. Uh, she made my five because, like, yeah, she seemed more like a pity five. But there was like when, like I said, when I had it broken down to just men and women, this is overall made this a lot more harder to where I was putting people. So okay, you love women's wrestling, <laughs> That's but yet you put four men above the woman who was number one on your top ten women's list. Women's list. So, uh, I how how much the top, do you really top, love the, women's say my, say my top the top four people on my list are guys that carry pretty much carry the entire almost the entire company, right? And so, our brand. But let, let's speak on that because the person we're referring to also basically carried WWE before Roman came back. We already discussed. Once again, that's what, that's another reason she got to made the top five more than just a pity. And I think it's more than a pity. Because Tetsuya Naito pretty much ran New Japan throughout 2020. Smitty just wants to sound like a smart mark. So he throws in like random people from different promotions that other smart marks would put on there. Okay. Outside of uh, Kota, like Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi were the two guys that pretty much ran New Japan throughout uh, pretty much last year. Okay. Can you, can you, uh, can anybody say that that's not true? Yeah. I I can say it's not true. I pay attention to it. Uh, I could say that when you, you think say, Okada and what Osprey, I think I, I think uh, Okada and Osprey play a large part. I think Jay White is a fucking put himself even more on the map in 2020 with all of the stuff that he did. Evil, I think he had a better 2019 than 2020, but still he came through uh, and did to the point where he was fucking, you know, going for the fucking belt at this this year's Wrestle Kingdom, right? Then you also have the fact that Evil took the fucking belts off of Naito. Granted, Naito then won them back about a couple months later. Two months but, later. Yeah, but still, he, Evil was up there as well, Evil to the point where they put him right there at the top as a double champion. I'm Again, I'm not trying well, to fucking knock Naito. I think Naito's great. I have Naito at my number four as well. But uh, I, don't, I don't think that Bailey is worse than Naito. I think Bailey ran a fucking company, brought, you said it yourself, established a tag division that no one really fucking gave a shit about. And all Naito did was run with the belts that he, he should have had. Right. I would say technically Naito had a better 2019 than 2020. The only difference is he fucking won. He had the, the, the titles. And if I'm, Again, because I can give you all the fucking research, Naito did hold the belt for 305 days, right? Won 54 matches, lost 25. 
You know, he was a double champion the entire fucking time, but at a, at a 66% uh, win rate, I, I, and a company that was good, but most people paid attention to for other names other than him and probably fell in love with him because someone else brought them into that fucking thing. Evil was blowing up because of all the Io Shirai stuff. So then Evil was paid attention to, and then that's why he had the titles. And then they saw how Naito wrestled, so they probably fell a little, a little bit more. Naito's good, but Naito didn't draw like anyone else that came to New Japan. You watch New Japan for someone else and then fell in love with Naito. I'm the same fucking way. I went to New Japan, fell, uh, started watching New Japan wrestling because of all the Joe Talk and Bullet Club stuff, and then I fell in love with Naito. I think Naito is amazing in New Japan wrestling. But I don't think he's done shit for New Japan that hasn't been superseded by what Bailey has done for WWE. Personally. And I feel that it's a huge disservice that okay. Bailey, one, isn't on Nick's list at all. And he's she's down to number five on yours. I I have a question. Yeah. Um the the evil guy you guys are speaking with, wasn't he in a tag team with like Empanada? Sonata. Sonata. Even and that's why I think okay. he's going to have a breakout year in 2021, actually. I think some, this is Sonata's year. Evil and empanada. <laughs> <laughs> now I want an empanada. Fuck you, fat fuck. I'm a fat fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think this is, I think this is just 2021 to be Sonata's year, to be honest. I, but back to 2020 and our top wrestlers, I feel if Bailey's not in your top three, you're, something's wrong with you, personally. Is Bailey in my top three? Yes. She's your number three. Hmm. I, and again, you have McIntyre and Moxley above her. I, there's arguments there. You know what I'm saying? That you can flip flop around all three of those. You know, our fucking top three, uh, mine and yours are the exact same. Actually, and no, yeah. Mine and yours are the exact same three people. I have Bailey, McIntyre, Mox. You have McIntyre, Mox, Bailey. Right. Well, I mean, you, you have your, your two world champions for the majority of the year. And I mean, and then you fall into a third world champion that was champion yeah, she, for majority of the year and champion for over a year. So, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. It's hard to argue. That's your one, two, and your three, no matter what list you're on. Yep. And especially with, with the title ones. And that's why I put Nido at my number four. Again, Smitty. I'm not trying to rip on it, but when you come across like, well, she was number one for uh, for the women, and I had to put her in my top five, it, it then becomes, it's like you're pitying Bailey, who doesn't deserve pity. She deserves praise because she did so fucking much for WWE on that side, especially during it. You can have her wherever you want, but this is you know one of those disagree things, and I vehemently disagree that Bailey should not should be anything lower than a number three. She, she, if she's not gold, if she's not silver, she deserves a bronze medal for, if you're looking at it in an Olympic terms, she deserves to be on that medal stand. She deserves to be featured for everything that she fucking did. I think I personally feel she deserves the gold. I'm the only person who feels that way. Right. But again, maybe that's why I'm fighting so hard for her for not being on that medal stand in anybody's category. You know, um, um, I, I have a edit to make. Go for it. Uh, at number four, I am removing Io Shirai from my list completely. Oh, okay. And I'm, in, and I'm inserting MVP. <laughs> why? He's one of my honorable oh. mentions, Alex, honestly. Oh, right. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. 
Tell me what. Uh, tell me where Sheldon Benjamin was before MVP came back. Not on TV. Tell me what Cedric Alexander was doing before MVP came back. Floundering on superstars, a.k.a. main event, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, now, Lashley was on TV, but he was in probably one of the dumbest angles of 2019 slash 2020. And now, I mean, Lashley is your United States champion. Um, you would, the other two are holding the Raw Tag Team Champions. They've been a feature on Raw since MVP came back. A highlight. Since, since the Raw after WrestleMania. That's when he came back, right? Mm-hmm. He came back at Rumble. Okay so, he, okay, so he came back real fucking early. But I think it was after Mania when he started, like, started building a stable. But he started breaking we, out. He started breaking out that Lashley Lana story, right? And and whether you know this was entirely his idea, or whether this idea was pitched to him and he's the one who got it over. But without him, all those other guys are floundering. And I I really like his role in the her business right now. Like I I really I really thought it was gonna go like Lashley holds the title. MVP holds the United States title. The other two hold the tag titles. But I kind of like the fact that he's got that old school Bobby Heenan role where, like, he's basically their manager. He makes their business decisions and does that. But if he needs to step into the ring, he can. And, I mean, the the guy just won a gold in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so it's not like he's a slug in the ring either. He's just, you know, a little bit older. Um Come back, we so, didn't yeah. know we needed. So, so I mean, and we're talking about the top people of 2020, and there's not too many people that have had a better year, notably than MVP, because he, he, I mean, he he's had good matches. He's made everybody that he's worked with look like a credible threat, and he's gotten not only the hurt business over. But guys like Ricochet had they stuck had creative stuck with that storyline. I and think Apollo. Ricochet. I think he would have gotten Ricochet over. He made Apollo Apollo Cruz the credible, credible for the first time in his fucking career on the main roster. So I mean, the guy has done a lot for just rest, just WWE as a whole as what he's been able to do on screen and off screen, getting this all together. So. I, yeah, I think he deserves a high spot on anybody's list as far as people of top people of 2020. Then absolutely. To the point though that you take he got niggas Shir- over. To the point though that you take Io Shirai <laughs> off of your list and not Alexa Bliss. To the point where, uh, and that's kind of what kind of perplexed me. Like Bliss, mate, is uh, yeah, yeah, because I'm totally okay with making Io Shirai my number eleven. Under I mean, Alexa we're doing, Bliss. We're, we're doing a top 10 of the three or more major wrestling companies, both men and women. Like, it's not all going to add up, especially when you're going on an opinion based show. So, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, at 11. And I'm sure at 11, I can make a case for why she's at 11. <laughs> so, make a case for why Alexa Bliss is number 10. Because Alexa Bliss has been the best thing on fucking television that hasn't been in ring. <laughs> 
<clears throat> I don't. I, I think she wrestled like four matches this year, and maybe less. But everything she did with Nikki Cross and the best friends and the breakup and the everything with the Fiend, the girl, everything she does turns to gold. So, um. There are other people that have done more credible things like win championships and put on amazing matches. But at, at Alexa Bliss is on my, is my number 10 on my list, and I think she deserves to be there because she has entertained me thoroughly and been a highlight of whatever show she has been on start to finish of this past year. And still going. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Did you just make the same argument for MVP? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why they're so both I'm, on my fucking list. Like, I, but seriously, in this year and this time, where they're like, Raw is dreadful to watch. So, but you know what I do enjoy from Raw? MVP and Alexa Bliss. So they are the reasons I watch Raw. Like, so, yes, they deserve to be on my top ten list. Um, I yeah, that's all I got. That's my defense, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it because. Wrestling subjective. Naito sucks. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Smitty. He's talking to his. He's talking to his roommate right now. Should take another photo of him. <laughs> what? He said Naito sucks. I heard that part. <laughs> <laughs> I just chose. I just chose to ignore it because he. Because he's a simp. Yeah. See, I missed Nick again. You know, the views and opinions here on Breaking Down the Ring are those of the ring crash. Not necessarily. I wish Nick was here because I'd ask him why he has Orange Cassidy at his number 10. Hey, Orange Cassidy almost made my number 10 for the exact same argument I just made. (laughs) (laughs) Orange Cassidy is one of the most over guys in 2020, though. I I will tell you what. um, It... Was like I said, there are three major wrestling companies, and we did top ten of both men and women. So it was very hard to condense it to just ten overall, like not ten men, ten women, like just ten overall. Because then you're you're like, oh, well, this person deserves it for this and that. So it is what it is. Makes for good conversation. This made a, I said, like I said earlier, made it really hard when I had to condense it from men and women. I will say I'm the only one that doesn't have Keith Lee on the list. And it was really difficult for me not to put Keith Lee on the list. Ah. Keith Lee has had a great year, you know, but it's like you're sitting there and I'm looking at all these people. Like you, you took Io Shirai completely off your list. I have her at number nine. Time up, time up because I want to put her back on my list. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's taking off this time? I'm taking Jesus Keith Lee fucking off. Christ. I'm man. taking Keith Lee, putting Keith Lee at 11, make Io Shirai number nine, and Alexa stays at 10. <laughs> He's yeah, I feel, I feel better about that. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, and listen, that's the thing, man. Listen, Keith Lee's had a good year, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change the subject. No. Um, Keith Lee had a great year. I'm not trying to argue that in any way, shape, or form, but did he have a top 10 year? I think he could have a top 10 2021. I 100% am okay with him having the NXT and North American Championship right there. I, Keith Lee is my number 11. Like when we're going to honorable mentions, right under it. Because Finn, the reason Finn is over, overtook Keith Lee is because of the matches Finn had. Gargano, I mean, uh, Ciampa. Yeah, I think he took on Gargano. Gargano, he took on Ciampa. 
the Kyle O'Reilly matches. Like he was when just fucking amazing to watch in NXT and he's the NXT championship champion and he's running with things right now. And I, it's, it's again, it's another one of those. I could say Keith was number 10 and Finn was number 11. It's really, how am I, one of my, how am I feeling that day as to who is having, who's being put where, you know, I, I wholeheartedly feel that Keith Lee, like literally just dropped off my list. And my, my main reason would not be his fault. It would be creatives. Yeah. It's, he, he was hot. Like Lesnar put him over at the rumble. He, in his first match on the main roster, he was put over huge by Randy Orton, but all of that has been negated since. And he, it's like, they don't know what to do with him. It's the, it's like, they want him to change his, his style from this athletic big man to just the, you know, old school Simple. monster. Yeah. And it, and it, and it, and it's reflecting that he's uncomfortable doing it and it, right. it just looks bad on cam. So anyways, but he was on a nice little hot streak in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think if they give him the proper uh, time to do stuff and let him work the way he works, 2021 could I, I on our pro wrestling scorecard, 365 one, I put Keith Lee as the person to, I, I think I put Keith Lee as a person to be holding the championship at the end of the year. If not, definitely, I believe he should be up there. Um, Smitty, why do you have him at your number seven? The basic NXT run, like he just mentioned, like the creative since come after his first couple, what month or two on the main roster, mm-hmm. it's kind of floundered him to a like he's kind of feel like he's yeah, just kind I, of floating. I, I agree with everything about that. It's this is a hundred percent a creative decision why he's doing not why he's not doing so well to end 2020 and start 2021. It's fully creative. It's not him because he's fucking amazing. I feel like he just right now he's floating. They, they know they have something, but they don't know what to do with it. Okay. But you still feel that's better than what Sasha Banks did all year. For me right now, what kind of solid me on Sasha is what they've been doing since the Bailey thing ended. Nothing. About Sasha since after this Bailey after Bailey has been notable. Everything with Carmella feels like just dry, and I don't like it. Okay, I don't like it at all. All right, all right. So hold on, you you don't like the fact <clears throat> that she has a different opponent, and they're trying to push a different storyline to kind of separate her and Bailey because they could always come back to that anytime they need a good match. Like but the, the fact there's that, nothing, that there's you, nothing about you, all, this. you always bitch because the WWE does repetitive shit. So they you know go away from doing repetitive shit. I don't and like give Carmella you a, character, and it does and it does not mix well with what they do. But why does why does you not liking the Carmella character affect Sasha? I don't feel like there's any chemistry there in that feud. Okay, fair, whatever. And I feel like the match has been lackluster. But we all said after watching that Carmella and Sasha Banks match at the pay-per-view that it was a really good match. Like, it wasn't, you know, fucking... It wasn't horse shit. Right. 
you know, and that, but that's a testament to Sasha Banks because let's not pretend like Carmel. Carmel is much better than what she was. We're not, I can't say that she's oh, 100%. in the ring, you know, but when you put those two together and I agree that the storyline for it isn't, you know, it doesn't bring the emotion, but to watch her in the ring and still have a, top, a high quality match. I, I can't say she's floundering. I, again, that's a creative thing. So if it's a creative thing, why is, why, why is Sasha, being said that she's then you have to kind of go by what the year is and what she has done and she's had much better matches than Keith Lee. Uh I don't think the Bailey Sasha the Hill on the Sill match. The Bailey Sasha matches were the tag matches weren't that right once again that's because this WWE women's tag division is shit. Uh, her one on one the only thing that comes stands out are the Bailey matches. Well, yeah, because the emotions invested there. Of course, it's yeah. going to stand out. That, that's why you remember it so easily. Yeah. Um, you have John Moxley as your number one. Z has him as number two. I have him at number three. Uh, Nick has him at number four. And uh, Walt doesn't have him at all. <laughs> Can't argue. It doesn't really watch AEW. Um. Why do you feel John Moxley is the number one overall when even he himself didn't work all year? John Moxley, well, part of the reason he didn't take off because his wife had COVID. Yeah, he quarantined. Yeah. Uh, well, two weeks. Say, huh? Yeah. Four. Yeah. So, uh, John Moxley had he had a really amazing match when he was on twin. I think he was he got he, uh, him as champion. In AEW, I think it was one of the. He had one. Today, Moxley as champion was great, and everything he did as champion, I felt brought more credibility as a second champion. Um, got like some of the, ma- the matches he had, like Eddie Kingston, the matches he had with uh, the match at Winners Come with Kenny Omega. He's like, he just has some. He had really, really good matches, and even like, even though AEW tends to highlight tag teams, he was he and Cody Rhodes were like the. I can say those were the two guys that carried the singles division for the men for the most part throughout the year. All right, uh, I have him at number three because I don't think he did better than Joe, Drew McIntyre did for WWE. I honestly don't believe he did better than Bailey did for WWE. But I have him at number three because he was, is on fire in AEW, has a lot of great matches. But let's not also forget the dude is the IWGP United States champion. He is. I forgot about that. He, exactly. He won that belt at last year's Wrestle Kingdom. He's, granted, he hasn't been able to travel to fight uh, and defend it because of COVID. But he's still making appearances in New Japan, uh, be it video, whatever, like at Wrestle Kingdom this year. You know, he sent in a video talking about, you know, the contract when whoever wins the contract. He's still he's a main feature in two separate companies. He was he was the number one. What? I was like, that's the case. Omega's a mainstay of two companies as well. Now. 
No, he's never dropped a Triple uh, A Mega Championship. Oh, okay. Well, I forgot about. I didn't forget about it, but yeah, that's a not a major company. Is my point. He's a mainstay in two major companies. If you're looking at your top four companies, um, <clears throat> right now, it's WWE, AEW, New Japan, and Impact. Those are your top four companies right now. They have you know, the most exposure. They are doing the most type of things in wrestling. You can argue where you want to go with who's number one. NXT is WWE. That's why I didn't say NXT, right? So in two of the top four companies, John Moxley ran shit. He was a top feature in both of them, even though he wasn't there in New Japan. He was still a top feature there. Um, arguing Moxley is uh, not being on a list is kind of silly, right? It's when he's done so much and he continues to do so much for it. And I fully believe that this run as the AW world heavyweight champion is better than every WWE championship run he's had combined. There was a lot more fire behind him. There was a lot more fire in his matches. There was just a lot more going for it. You had, to, you have to give it to the guy. The guy is spectacular, right? Um, I, could not tell you a bad match that he had this year either. Can you, Smitty? I no. don't think, yeah, that's, you know, you're talking match quality, you're talking title reign, you're talking. You say you hear like that one bad finish with uh, Brian Cage, and that's it, the one that, bad finish. Yeah, but man, like, okay. No, but the match is still good. Yeah, I'm just saying, the you know, fin- yeah it's the finish. It's, that's, that's what it is. Uh, Z, you have Mox at your number two. Why do you feel that Mox uh, is over Bailey with all the praise uh, you were also giving Bailey? Because the wrestling nerds voted him number one, so I put them at number two. <laughs> oh, Simsy. <laughs> he just Simsy. Uh, I mean, quite honestly, this comes down to favoritism. I personally, like, I, I enjoy everything. I appreciate everything that Bailey has done, but I don't really like her character in the same way that I like Mox's character. So when one needs a rub, you know, it goes to Mox because <laughs> I'd let Bailey rub me. I, I well, I I mean, he had. I would let matches. Bailey rub me as well, sir. Five times. I uh, I really enjoy his promo work. I mean, not all of it's spectacular, but you can just tell the man enjoys what he does now. Yeah, like he he was kind of just going through the motions there in WWE, and they still put a championship on him. Um, and here, like there, there's more like Mikey was talking about. There's more passion. He's got a different style, and it's more of a deathmatch style. And I'm not the biggest fan of it. But then you go watch his New Japan shit, and he puts on like a Matt Classic. So he's very versatile, and people just don't know it because he wears a fucking leather jacket and camo to the ring. So, um, I mean, I one, two, or three, and and we've already talked about they're basically interchangeable at this point. So don't really think – just think of like a three-way tie for number one. Okay. I, you know, honestly, the only person who's in everybody's top three is Drew McIntyre. And if you want to say that Drew McIntyre is your number one wrestler of 2020, I won't argue it. Yeah, can't. 
Yeah. Um, so before we sign off, let's talk a little bit about 2021. Smitty, uh, what wrestler do you think could have a standout year this year and possibly be in somebody's top five when you come to the end of the year? I would talk about out of every each promotion or we're talking. Yeah, just, just like our top. Yeah, just uh, period. Everything. Um, I think Deanna Perrazzo probably is going to have that 2021 where she ends up on the top five, top 10 this nice. year. Okay. Why, uh, why do you say that? Because um, she came into impact around June for, during Slammiversary. Uh, she's had, she, I can't think of a bad match she's had since then. Even last night, her and Ty Valkyrie was really was a, one of my favorite matches on that card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see her. I don't see her them, them cooling her down. Okay. And what everything they're doing with the and hopefully after Hard to Kill, I think they're going to continue doing some more work together. And I'd love to see like Deanna Barrazzo do some stuff with some of these women from Impact. I mean from uh, AEW. Okay. Uh, Z, give me somebody that you feel could be uh, in your top five at the end of the at end of twenty twenty one that wasn't in your top five for twenty twenty. Oh, uh, that wasn't in my top five. Yeah, or in your top ten. Okay, let's go with Keith Lee. I think yeah. this this is going to be a big year for him, and I I think he's going to be some, holding some type of gold at the end of the year. Maybe not the major championship, but a championship nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So that's my breakout superstar for twenty twenty one. Honestly, that was my my thought exa- exactly. Um, so if I'm going with somebody else, I believe Adam Cole. Uh, I think Adam Cole is one of those guys that you kind of just have to accept how good he is, right? I feel like if they do a call-up of Adam Cole to the main roster, I feel that it will be with Undisputed Era, and you can't really argue undisputed era the way they run so if they allow them to be what they can be i could see adam cole he might not be you know uh fucking top champion right if they but it's very possible he could run with the u.s or the intercontinental belt come to end of the year and be having amazing matches and be setting himself apart because of his skill his quality of in-ring work his charisma on the microphone I I don't think he might be number one. I could definitely see him in the top five if he's able to run with a whole new type of fresh stuff going in. Daniel Bryan's doing creative on SmackDown right now, right? And he's pushing. That's why the mid car has gotten so better, so much yeah, better. And he's pushing to do a lot of things uh, and bring up some NXT guys. And I think if Daniel Bryan was able to b- bring up Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era to SmackDown, he could do a lot of good things with them and make them look really good. What? Go that would, yeah, that's cool, but I want to see that next year after I see the year of Kyle O'Reilly. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly is not going to get the same push on the main roster that he's getting right now in NXT. See, also, I could see, uh, I, I could also see, like, Undisputed Era with a few with the Hurt Business. Because right wow. now they're, they're, they're kind of running the Undisputed Era on the see as, as baby faces. That's true. That is true. But 
I think Adam Cole could be a top five uh, person for 2021. Where uh, do you, what company guys do you think might give us the most shocking moment? I think AEW is going to give yeah. us the most shocking moment. Cause I think during Kenny's run, he's going to win a title from somewhere else. Probably. I don't think it's going to be impact. You know, it, like it, 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 like because there's a rumor that they're trying, they're in the works by some time by the end of the year of doing some type of super show between AAA, AEW, Impact, and uh, New Japan. Okay, with all the management shifts in uh, New Japan, and that's kind of managing some of the relationship with AEW. So if, they, if this super show happens, I can see Kenny Omega possibly. What are you playing with, Smitty? Oh, my lighter. Yeah, stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, if this super show happens, I can see Omega winning, like, bringing some, uh, winning another championship somewhere else. I was going to say Impact. I think Impact is the, has the possibility of dropping the most shockworthy moment because I do believe Omega will be the Impact heavyweight champion. I think he's, especially after setting it up after Hard to Kill with him getting that pin on Rich Swan. But also, that's that narrative for what they're probably doing with Rebellion with Swan versus uh, Moose, probably. Yeah, okay. But I still don't believe, you know, that uh, – I still believe that if anyone takes it off of Rich Swan, it's Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega is going to walk around with Impact and AEW Championship on both shoulders. Z, what do you think? What what uh, shocking moment could happen for what, – uh, what wrestling company do you think could drop a shocking moment? Uh, I'm going to go with WWE because okay. of all the – the shocking stuff that's going on with impact and AW as we speak. Um, if it continues and it picks up steam, Vince is going to have to counter and Vince is really good at countering. So I have a feeling it'll be uh, the WWE that produces the most shocking moment of 2021. All right. All right. Um, I just realized I, I don't know. I think Dave's back. He should be here. So God, are you there? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um uh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna ask Smitty what he thought of Hard to Kill last night. Uh, I thought Hard to Kill was a pretty good show. I did um I thought last year's Hard to Kill was better. But I still I still enjoyed it. How'd you like uh the Matt Cardona thing? See, I was going to ask, like, was anybody at your, were they at your place watching? Because I wanted, I wanted to know Walt's reaction to Matt Cardona. Um, we were an actually, Impact fan now. That's how much of a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's really we, happy with we Access TV. Oh, we oh, were oh, literally oh. talking about how Cardona was going to come back at the Royal Rumble. And then his music. I knew it was going to be a matter of time before Cardona actually probably stepped to Impact while he's still a free agent. Because Impact does do those kind of one-off things. Well, I mean, yeah, he signed a five-appearance contract with AEW, but AEW is also working with Impact now, so maybe this just counts as one of his five appearances for AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very possible. But then also, also with how uh, Impact has been pushing like Major Bros podcast whenever Brian Myers is on screen, I knew it was, it was going to be a matter of time before Cardona stepped in there. 
Makes sense. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for paying attention to us here at Breaking Down the Ring. You guys can go to BreakingDownTheRing.com. we got a brand-new Ring Crew shirt. I'll be there for crew. Uh, Smitty's actually uh, you know, showing off uh, the, the look of it. We obviously have our own special ones here for everyone in the Ring Crew. But we're not the only Ring Crew. You're our Ring Crew. We're your Ring Crew. So get yourself a brand-new Ring Crew shirt. Go to BreakingDownTheRing.com. Click that official merchandise button, and it'll send you over to the Mindless Nexus store where you can pick up your brand-new Ring Crew shirt. Also, finishing out the weekend because of everything that happened on Impact Wrestling, coming out with all the Bullet Club, all that stuff, you can go get yourself a Shot Club shirt on sale right now starting at just $20. Cheapest shirt right now for us on Breaking Down the Ring. So you go to, again, Shot Club shirt because, look, you have bullets. But it's better to clinks. You know, <laughs> say cucks? You're a cuck? Clinks. Cucks. Yes. Okay. You're a cuck. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. <laughs> Got nobody to do it with. <laughs> we are your ring crew. Just Smith. <clears throat> Plain white Z. And me, the all Mikey one, Mikey himself. And we are out.